Hello, hello, beautiful people. <laughs> wow, it feels good to be back. It's been a while, guys. Welcome to the sideline speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. What's going on, Jay? What's up, Britt? It's good to see you back. Excited yes. to have you back. Now, Kay walks out this week, so we, we still don't have the whole band back together yet, but we're getting closer to that. It's okay. K, K Walk is celebrating something big, something important. His his I believe it's the 21st, if I if I can yeah. recall. Yeah, so right. congratulations to him and the missus, Miss Heather. Uh, I think that's wonderful. That's so go out and celebrate. Don't be watching this tonight, K Walk. I don't need you to watch it. <laughs> you spend the time with your wife. Okay. It's only one 21st anniversary you'll ever get. So you go spend that time with your wife. We'll you will see you soon. But those who are watching us, please, please. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and share. Just share. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. But I'm back. It feels good. I haven't seen this screen or anything at all. <laughs> I've been going completely, so it's, it's a little like, uh, coming back. But, Jay, you ready to talk some sports? Let's do it. Let's do it. We got a lot to talk about, so it should be fun. Let's get into it. And we're going to start where I don't want to start, but we have to because your Cowboys did put a spanking <laughs> on, I guess it's my Eagles still. It's still my Eagles, right? It's technically still they're my Eagles. hanging up right behind you, so they're definitely yeah, they're, still they're, 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 they're still my Eagles. <laughs> they're still my Eagles. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, they put a spanking on the Eagles. Whew. It, it was uh, the 33 33-13, I believe, if I can recall the score. Offense did not score one touchdown. Way too many turnovers. The defense scored a touchdown. Um, but, Jay, are the Eagles in trouble? It's a good question, Brett. I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say they're in trouble, right? I mean, look, they're, they're still a favorite to win the NFC East. I mean, they're, they're still, no matter how people rank them, one of the best three teams in the NFC. So I, I think there's tons of teams in the National Football League that would trade places mm -hmm. with the Eagles in a heartbeat. So I'm not going to go as far as to say they're in trouble, but I, I, I do think there's some things that may be a little bit concerning, right? I, I, I feel like offensively, they just have, to me, all year have seemed to be a little bit out of sync. And, you know, I've been waiting and waiting to kind of see them kind of hit their stride. And to me, that just hasn't happened yet. And then on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side, where you thought this was not a place where they could hang their hat, right? I mean, we know they got outstanding players all over that defense. But right. to see teams run the ball on them the way that they have lately, mm -hmm. to me, that may be even more concerning than some of the issues that they're having on offense. So, I'm not going to say they're in trouble, Britt, but I'm going to say they got to tighten some things up and get some things fixed before they're they're ready to make a long playoff run. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this team. Um, you know, I've been gone for a while, and maybe I should have texted in or whatever. I wanted to wait till I come back. It was the game after the Jets game where they won, but it didn't feel right. I was yeah. like, this this team just doesn't feel right. Something is not clicking. It looks to me, Jalen Hurts looks like he's forcing. You know, I, I look back on some of the plays, and it just seems like they want to force the ball down the field. I don't know if this is a Jalen Hurts thing that's doing this, if this is a coaching thing. Um, I understand he's still a young quarterback, but you just got paid a lot of money. 
and there's high expectation that comes along with that contract. And he needs to understand that. Um, you're still a talented quarterback. You still have a great record. Don't get me wrong. He still will drop a dot on you in a minute. But all these turnovers, just forcing the ball downfield, there's something that's not clicking. The offensive line doesn't look the same. So it's just all in all, this year, it just doesn't look like it's clicking. Now, I can't knock them too much because they are 10 and 3. Yeah. Like they are 10 and 3. Whether you want to say it was luck, whatever you want to call it, the team is 10 and 3, and they did beat some decent teams during that run. Um, but the offense, they're just too talented to look to me this poor right now. Hopefully they'll get it together, but at this stage, December is when you want to be playing your best football. And it, it's like they're getting worse, like they're backtracking some way, somehow. Defensively, I've never had hope. I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. I didn't have hope all year defensively. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to be that tough Eagles fan. It's that linebacker position. It's, and, and I blame, I had to blame Howie Roseman and the organization because they did not want to invest the necessary resources to get quality linebackers and safeties. Now, granted, they're very young and I understand that, but you do have two supposedly all pro corners. Darius Slay is having a somewhat decent year. James Bradbury, eh, not so much. Um, the defensive line, I just feel like the defense is not being as aggressive. They're calling plays on a defense that's not really helping the young guys. And they just look confused. If you look at that last game, number 41, Anthony Morrow. Now, mind you, beginning of the season, he came off the – he was supposed to be in the practice squad. Somebody got hurt. He had to go right into the starting posi uh, uh, position. He looked lost. <laughs> yeah. And that's two straight weeks the linebacker position has been getting killed. And then because of that, safeties is getting – it's, it's looking a mess right now. Again, they still got time to try to correct something if they can. But my concern right now would be really trying to get this offense corrected because I just don't know what you could do with this defense. I'm not sure. Um, and I really starting to think it's a philosophy thing because every coordinator that has ever come to this Eagles during the Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl, they have this let's play off type of philosophy and it's just not working and it's really hurting us right now. So I'm not sure. We're going to see what yeah. happens. Uh, yeah. And Britt, I, I got two questions for you because you are our Eagles expert. So number one, to me, Jalen Hurts doesn't look completely healthy, right? And I and I know it's football. Every this time of year, everybody's hurt. But would it be wise for Philly maybe to sit him down for a week or two just to get him healthy so he can come mm -hmm. back and ready to play? So that's one thing. And then my other question is, we know they have two new coordinators. Are, are you confident in these coordinators? Are these the mm -hmm. right guys to be calling the offense and the defense? So to your first question, if you would have asked me this a few weeks ago, which unfortunately I wasn't here, <laughs> uh, I would have said yes. I think now he's fine. I, I don't okay. know if it's more of a mental thing right now. I don't know what they're seeing. And, and I don't know if he's just not seeing the field properly right now. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But the moment I started seeing him take off and running, he did it a few times against yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, he was fine. He ran fine. He didn't jump up hobbling or anything like that. 
he just fumbled the football. And most, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Like you can't have turnovers. Nope. Three top stars are turning the ball over. You can't do that. Um, so I don't think they need to sit him. I think they got to figure out what's going on, get back in the film room, and maybe get a better quarterbacks coach. I'm not sure, but something's got to give. I, I don't know that. But I think injury-wise, no. He could he could keep going. I know what David Carr said, but David Carr wasn't even worth a good quarterback when he no, was playing. No. I ain't got time for that. Um, but as far as the coordinators, I thought it was the coordinators. I thought, you know, the coordinators are horrible. This is just bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the coordinators. I think it's the head coach and their okay. philosophy. Okay. And I, again, I wasn't here. I told somebody this a few weeks ago. I miss Dougie Doug Peterson. Yeah. I actually said it last year too. Um, it's for some reason Nick Sirianni has this thing of getting it, push the ball down the field, and that's what you see them trying to do. They're forcing it down the field, but you're missing wide open guys for easy catches and maybe some yak uh, yards after catch. And then defensively, when you look at Jonathan Gannon right now, when you look at uh, Jim Schwartz right now, they were our defensive coordinators. When they were here, we were complaining of the same things. You're not aggressive. You don't blitz. Why are you playing so far off the ball? Um, look at Jim Schwartz with the Browns. They have, what, top two, yeah. three ranked defense. Yep. Look at Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. He's blitzing left and right. That's a, you know, they're not a great all-world defense, but they're playing hard and physical. Sean Desai in his press conference said, we're going to be physical. We're going to come at you, um, and we're going to make us feel you, fill us. Where, when, how? <laughs> so I think it's an organizational philosophy, and they have to get away from that because it's killing them right now. So to yeah. me, it's not the coordinators, and I thought it was until I really paid attention to certain things. It's, I don't know if it's the head coach, Harry Roseman, or Jeffrey Lurie. They just got too much to say. But you got to allow these coordinators to do their job. You hired them for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the good thing for Philly, like when you look at the schedules, like compared to the Cowboys, the Eagles have a much more favorable schedule going down the stretch. So I think they still have a chance to get things fixed, still have a chance to make things right. So I, I think they're actually going to be okay. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't go into panic mode um, too much, but. It is concerning. It is a little concerning, um, and they definitely have to get things turned around. Now we got to get to our next team <laughs> because this team beat my team last year in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to say it right now because they decided they want to – I guess that's a rant, but it's not my rant. They want to complain about a call recently. That's why they <laughs> lost the game. What about the call in the Super Bowl, guys? I ain't hear nothing about that, but no. Um <laughs> Uh, after losing four of their last six games, four of their last six games, are you concerned about the Chiefs? Britt, I, I actually am concerned about the Chiefs because I, I, I think over time they've, they've, they've lost things, right? Like we know mm-hmm. they lost their offensive coordinator. They lost some of their offensive weapons. And I just don't think you can keep losing good coaches and good players and mm-hmm. think everything's still going to be the same. So I, I definitely think they're they're struggling from a standpoint of they're not as talented as they used to be. And then like to see the way they reacted this weekend, like, Patrick Mahomes loses his mind. Even Andy Reid was complaining about the officials when 
uh, Tony was clearly offsides. Like it wasn't even close. Like, and they're right. acting like the refs not supposed <laughs> to call that. So, like, I, I, it was very out of character, uncharacteristic for the Chiefs to act that way. Mm-hmm. And to me, w- when people act out like that, right? When you get outside of yourself, outside of your character, to me, it shows that they're worried, right? That they they know that something isn't right, that it's not right. the way that it has been over the last few years. So yes, I'm absolutely concerned about Kansas City. But we know historically, while they've been on this run, that their defense has never really been great. And it's that offense that has been able mm-hmm. to carry them if their offense isn't going to be great like if their offense isn't going to put up 30 plus points a game I think they're in trouble Britt I really do so look I'm not ready to write them off but I I think the competition across the whole NFL and in the AFC Mm -hmm. I definitely think it it, there's there should be some concerns there and uh, I, I don't know that I feel like they're the favorite anymore to make it to the Super Bowl on that side of the conference yeah, um, you know, you always want to say that Patrick Mahomes, if you got Patrick Mahomes, you got a chance. Um, but clearly, you can have Patrick Mahomes, but you need somebody to catch the ball on the other Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes all day long. But if you got receivers, you know, they're not in the right place that you want them to be. They're not catching the ball. They're dropping wide open passes. They're not making the crucial plays as needed in crucial moments of the game. That's concerning. Um, and, you know, I heard this recently. And and it it may be valid. It seems like you pay your quarterback, and Andy Reid did this before with the Philadelphia Eagles, high top high end quarterback, big time quarterback, but no receivers on the other on the other side. Yeah, you know, you had a running back. They have a running back when he's healthy. They have a big time tight end who is aging. I don't know if people can see it. Travis Kelsey is starting to age a little bit, and I think we're starting to see it. He is 33, 34 years old. Um, and the receivers are just, I don't know if they're young <laughs> and experienced and I understand they won the Super Bowl last year, but they're not catching the ball and that's a major problem. So I I'm with you on this one. I'm very concerned with the chiefs as well. And like you said, they are concerned because yeah. like you said, they want to react to, for you to go <laughs> up at the end of the game to Josh Allen, who just won a game, instead of saying congratulations, but instead you say, I cannot believe they made that last call. Yeah, that's tacky. That, that's a bad look. That's a bad look. <laughs> that's a horrible look. Like, you cannot do that. Um, I know it's frustrating. All, you know, rest sometimes just don't make the right calls in the right moments, but they are human. Just like on the field, players make mistakes all the time. You cannot, that's not good sportsmanship whatsoever. I'm competitive. I hate losing too, but we all lose sometimes and you just have to handle it better. But I think they understand that this may not be their year yeah. and it's frightening because who knows where they go from here. And that's, that's the, that's going to be the big question. Yeah, for sure. And I, and particularly like the chiefs have benefited from some questionable calls as well, like mm-hmm. over the last right. couple of years. So I just thought that was really strange for them to act that way. But I, I do think it, it speaks to a deeper issue that they realize that they're just not as good as they used to be. Exactly. Exactly. But we'll see what's going to happen. I can't remember who's on their schedule next. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but the AFC is going to be very interesting to watch. I know Baltimore is number one right now. I think the Chiefs are third in the uh, conference, I believe. 
Um, well, they got they got the Patriots next, so they should be able to get oh, right <laughs> against the Patriots. I think they'll beat the Patriots. The Patriots yeah. got a lot of things going on, a lot of wrong <laughs> things going on. That might be starting with the head coach there and the quarterback. All right, let's switch gears. I want to talk about the NBA. Um, and as we've seen this past Saturday, we've seen the finals, I guess you could see, I guess yeah. you could say, um, of the first ever in-season tournament and the Lakers are the winners of this first ever in-season tournament. What are your thoughts of the Lakers winning the first ever in-season tournament? It's just weird to say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird. And I was kind of out on the tournament when it first came. Then I was like, well, you know what? It's not bad. These courts are interesting. It's a, a little bit of excitement. And then I was kind of all in on it, you know, and mm -hmm. it seemed like the, the players were too. They, you could tell they competed hard on nights when it was a, a in-season tournament game. Yeah. So look, I think the fact that the Lakers won it, I mean, Hey, I, I think is you got to tip your cap to them, right? Like it's, I, I mean, they're going to hang a banner. I don't know. Like to me, that might be going a little further than I would have gone with it. But I do think everybody in the league had an opportunity to win. Everybody in the yep. league was competing for it. And for mm -hmm. them to be able to win it, I, I do think it says something uh, about that team. Um, you know, the WNBA has an in-season tournament. Um, the New York Liberty won it last year. They ended up being mm -hmm. in the NBA finals. Now, I'm not saying that the Lakers are going to be in the finals, but I do think it says something that this is a really good team. They competed hard. They won it. And I think, look, as much as, you know, I, I take little jabs at LeBron here and there, look, I, I think LeBron deserves a lot of credit as mm -hmm. well to be the age that he is, to go out and compete the way that he did, and to play, continue to play at such a high level and really want to bring home that first in-season tournament championship. Look, I think it's a positive all the way around if, if you're mm -hmm. a Lakers fan. Yeah, um, I have to give him credit. You know, I'm I'm still not sure if I'm that big on the end season tournament, but like you said, it worked. Yeah, they got the viewership, which means they got more money from it. Um, they got more people, new fans, more people interested in watching the NBA. Um, a lot of the players competed a little bit more. The defense still sus suspect, but that could be how the rule changes now. Um. It worked. Congratulations to the Lakers. I, I don't have much to say on it, to be honest with you. But it's, it's not the finals. It's, it's not the no. finals. Um, it, it's, but congratulations to the ones who needed the 500K. Uh, I'm not sure if as many teams were being trying to be as competitive as you may think, Jay, because um, I feel like if that was the case, then I don't know if certain teams would have made it on the back end. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of times the, the star players don't value the 500 K they're like, I'm making millions of dollars. I don't need it. A lot of times you're playing much harder for the 12, 13 guy who may be on a two way contract or something like that. And, you know, they're excited for that, but again, congratulations to them. It's something to add in their record book, their history book. I guess yeah. Say. yeah. <laughs> um, they got one up on the Boston Celtics. How about that? You got seven, y'all both got 17 championships, but the Lakers got the first ever in-season tournament, I guess. But Jay, does this add 
to LeBron's legacy? Would you say this adds to his legacy? I mean, people who love LeBron are going to say that it does. Like, they're going to say, oh, 39-year-old LeBron goes out and wins the in-season championship. I'm going to say if it does, it's it's minuscule. Like, it is tiny. It is a tiny side Mm -hmm. note as a part of his legacy. (laughs) Love LeBron or hate him, like, his legacy is set, right? I don't think there's really thing he could do to add to it or really take away from it at this point mm-hmm. so it's just another bullet point Brit. but i don't think it really changes a whole lot yeah i think i'm with you on this one um it as congratulations you got another little trophy i guess um in your legacy yeah. but I, i'm just curious to know in the next 10 or so years it could be another commissioner says let's get rid of the in-season tournament and then what yeah. Is this a forever type of tournament? Um, I think the play-in tournament is a forever type of tournament. Yeah. I like that one. To me, yep. that has, you know, more of an impact. In-season tournament, I just see it as have fun, go win some extra money, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And if they if they lose in the first or second round, nobody's going to care. <laughs> you know, like the, no. tournament, the in-season tournament would have meant nothing. Nothing. So it's, you it's, know. Exactly. It's a fun That's a little prize. That's really all it is. That is why I did not want the Sixers to win it because I could hear it now. Oh, you could win the end season tournament. <laughs> right. Real thing, huh? <laughs> so, no, please, Sixers, you don't ever need to win it, especially if you don't have that uh, Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. So, you win that first, then I don't care if you win that end season tournament. <laughs> hey, let's move on. I want to talk about college basketball a little bit. Speaking of LeBron, his son, uh Bronny James first game at USC first and foremost I want to say I'm happy that he was able to make it we all know what he went through this past summer so happy he was over to uh overcome that and be able to fit, play his first game at USC which LeBron he did say if he played that day he was going to miss the game luckily the Lakers did not play that day um but he was in the audience with with his daughter as well what are your thoughts on Bronny, Bronny James first game yeah, look, it's a first of all, it's a, just a great thing for Bronny and and for that entire family. Like you mentioned, that the, the scary cardiac arrest that he went through to mm-hmm. be able to get himself healthy, and the doctors be able to say, "Yeah, you're okay to go back out and play." That that to me is huge. So just just him stepping out on the court is a victory. I, I didn't see a ton of the game, but I did see some highlights, and he looked like he was, you know, mm-hmm. moving and playing pretty good. So I think it's a great step for Bronny. Like when when you talk about a kid who's kind of had eyeballs on him probably ever since he can remember, and to kind of just be able to deal with the scrutiny, the hype, the, oh, mm-hmm. you're LeBron's son, like just all of that stuff. I feel like he's handled himself really, really well. And I'm just kind of looking forward to see how good he's going to be, like how good of a college player is he actually going to be. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, is he a guy that's going to be able to dominate the game at the college mm-hmm. level? So that'll to be determined. Yeah, it's his first game. I agree that we still have to determine that later. Um, he still is trying to get his feet wet. A little bit more um but let me tell you although i think he played what 16 minutes he had four points uh two assists three rebounds defensively he is something special yeah um yes. i seen that big chase from behind block just like his dad yep my goodness did he get up um and then just that one-on-one defense he could be a lockdown defender for sure in the future um if he's able to get to the nba 
and him him understanding how to defend the screen is very important. You see pe players all the time, they don't understand. They don't know whether to go around, whether to you know, fight through the screen. They just can't figure it out, which I never understand because I don't think it's that difficult. And maybe yeah. because my experience, I'm big I'm a big uh, defensive person, so I understood it. This kid could be something special defensively. We still have a lot more to see offensively. But for his first game, I felt like he played very well, um, especially coming back from the condition that he was able to come back from. And it's a long season, you know, and then you still have March Madness, um, which most most teams are fortunate to play in. And most likely USC will be there. I know they lost this first game, but it's just the first game. So um, but I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Brady James. I'm excited for his future and to see his development during his college years. Yeah, we'll see for, what sure. for sure. I know LeBron was like, oh, that's my baby. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he had to be. You know? <laughs> I mean, the, the scary moment for I, I, that he had to be like feeling all kind of emotions for that. Right. <laughs> I can tell you something what, Brian, you got one thing up on your dad. You scored four points in collegiate basketball, something your dad has never done. That's so true. think about it that way. That's true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, speaking before we move on, I know this wasn't a part of our list, but. I gotta get your thoughts on, because I wasn't on 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 the show. Um, Caitlin Clark being the first NCAA Division One player, man or woman, to ever have three thousand plus points, seven hundred and fifty plus assists, and seven hundred and fifty plus rebounds. Real quick, Jay, like what what were your thoughts on that? She's phenomenal, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what else you can really say about her. Mm -hmm. She does it all. Now, obviously, I think the way that Iowa plays and they run everything through her, <clears throat> mm -hmm. I think that helps her be able to get the assists, score the points. But, I mean, look, she, she's fantastic. She's changing right. women's basketball, uh, you know, right before mm -hmm. our eyes. So, you know, almost similar to, like, the impact that Steph Curry has had on, on the NBA side. So. Yes. Look, I, I love watching her play. I, I enjoy, you know, I would have never watched Iowa women's basketball otherwise, but every time they're on, I'm tuning in. So she's been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I think she just signed an NIL deal with Gatorade. So, you know, the perks keep coming in as, as those accolades keep building up. So more power to her. She's been great. She's been great for women's basketball. And hopefully when she goes to the WNBA, some of the, the fans that sort of fell in love with her from college will bring that same energy over to the WNBA. Yeah, I, I really do wonder if, because um, not too often in collegiate basketball that you see a player get so many plays like this. It's more of a team basketball, you know, run, run plays. Everybody gets, you know, gets to shoot the ball, gets their hands on the ball. It's more of a sharing type of atmosphere. Yeah, Iowa is, give it to Caitlin Clark, let her do what she got to do, basically. In other words, basically trying to get her ready for the WNBA. Because in WNBA, when you get a star, you're going to have the ball in your hands the majority of the time. Um, I, I don't think they communicate with one another at all. But who knows? The WNBA could say, hey, put it in her hands. Put it in her hands. <laughs> it could be behind the scenes. We don't know. I don't think that's happening, but we don't right. know. But I agree with you. Hopefully those fans, and I think they will, will travel with her into the pros because I think she's a game changer. Um, and I think that her name being out there so much is very important. And that's going to impact the women's professional league majorly. 
So along with the endorsement deals, sponsorships, and hopefully people want to invest more in the women's uh, league as well. But I got to give my hats off to her. Hats off to her. And she's doing the right thing. She's not getting in trouble. She stays quiet for the most part. She does her trash talking on the court, how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Trash talk on the court. All right. All yeah, right. And, Jay, and, and, and Indiana, Indiana just got the first pick in the draft. So assuming Clark comes out pairing Caitlin and, and Aaliyah Boston, I mean that that's a really nice one too. So if they if she comes out, I think Indiana's gonna be in a pretty nice position. Oh, that is good. Ooh, 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 uh, uh New York Liberty. Uh, you still got me, but uh but to get it together because I yeah. might be moving on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Caitlin Clark with Liam Boston. Oh, that's gonna be sis king. Or I'm sorry, it's sis queen, scoring queen, and Caitlin Clark. And you got the rebound queen and Aaliyah Boston and a post queen. Oh, geez, that is yeah. what you want on your team. You want your yeah. guard and your big, big, big woman. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting. I can't wait now. You got me excited, Joe. <laughs> All right, let's. let's um, so those who don't who want to not WNBA, you better watch it this year when Caitlin Clark comes out, especially if she goes to Indiana Fever. But watch it and pay attention to some good quality basketball, fundamentally sound basketball. Let's move on to the NBA. This is just I'm gonna give you two players, and you tell me which one you prefer. Okay. Um, all these players, young players, are doing their thing right now in the, in the league. It's getting exciting, especially as the older guys start to – their careers are starting to dwindle down, which is unfortunate. The Steph Curry's, LeBron James, so forth, Chris Pauls, um, they're in their mid to late 30s now. And now it's time for these young guys to step up and become the face. So our first pairing is going to go full force. <laughs> Wemby or Chet Hungrum? Mm. Who you got, Jay? <laughs> you got yeah when i saw this in the chat i was like man this is tough because right now i feel like chet is further along like mm -hmm. right now today i think chet is a better player but he should be like even though he didn't play last year he was getting the benefit of nba training nba right. weightlifting program nba meal program like so mm -hmm. he's had a year to kind of get himself sort of to a different level. Wimby's just not there yet. I think you can see the raw talent. He took the league by storm in like that first month. And then I think people started kind of figuring out things and he's kind of cooled off a little bit since then. I think down the road, Wimby's going to be that potentially generational talent. But right mm -hmm. now, today, I would take Chet. I think he's further along right now. I agree with you when you're talking today. Um, and that's where I was going back and forth. Even when I did this this particular topic, I just wasn't sure which way I would go. Um, I think Chet, I agree right now with his talents, um, his experience, like you said, whether or not he was playing last year is not, it's just certain resources and tools that he's uh, has access to that Wimby did not. Yep. Um, He's a little bit more far along, but I, I got to go with Wimby. I just think in the long run, yes, right now the physicality is killing him right now. And you can see it. You know, people get up into his body. He's struggling a little bit. Um, it's similar with Chet, but Chet can handle it a little bit better right now. Wimby's going to be something special. And I, I just wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure prior. And people was like, ah, he's long. He got the talent. Da, da, da. And I'm like, yeah, but that physicality is going to kill him. Once he catches up with the physicality of the game, 
he's going to be an unstoppable player. He could shoot over you. Last night, he just did this ridiculous slam on somebody. Um, and I'm like, he got, he has that mindset. He wants, he has the will to win. And then I think he has the right coaching staff to get him there with Greg Pop. I don't think it could have been a, a better pairing. And you're seeing it already. Still got a ways to go. Yeah. But I'm going with Wimby. I like his length. I like his shooting ability. I just like everything about him right now. And his attitude is good as well. So I'm yeah, going with Wimby. And I will say, because you mentioned attitude, I lo- I mean, even early in the season, late in games, he's calling for the ball. Like you, right. He does not shy away from the moment. And I definitely think down the road that that's going to pay off big for him. Absolutely. But it's definitely going to be an exciting matchup in the future for years to come. All right, number two. Let's go with SGA killing it over with OKC or De'Aaron Fox. Oh, man. This is this is a tough one. I mean, SGA is really like his, his stock is just rising every year. I mean, it seems like this kid is taking leaps and bounds. But I'm a really big De'Aaron Fox fan. Like I, I, rem- I remember watching him at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I love his game. He's scoring a ton of points too. Like he he's mm-hmm. absolutely getting it done. The quickness, the speed, the, he's a great defender. I'm going to give the slight edge to De'Aaron Fox. I mean, everything I said about him, I could say about SGA. So, I mean, you're really splitting hairs here, but I just, I think I prefer De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I don't know which way to go on this one, to be honest with you. I don't. Um, I know I wrote the list, but I'm doing it live with you, Jay. Um, I didn't want to think too much on it. SGA could score. De'Aaron Fox could score. They both are good shooters. Um, yeah. They both play defense, you know, uh, fairly well. Um, they both are assist guys. You know, they could get their teammates involved. You know, I was thinking maybe De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox is more clutch. SGA is just as clutch. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it, yeah. it doesn't – it's just a toss-up, to be honest with you. And you know what? I'm going to just do it this way because I'm a huge fan of De'Aaron Fox as well, but – because you went with De'Aaron Fox, I'm just going to show <laughs> SGA some love because you really don't know which one to go with. They're both quick. Um, they're both they both have smarts. Uh, so I, I'm gonna just go with SGA. I do think I will say this with De'Aaron Fox, he has the better team right now. Yeah. I think the Kings are uh, much closer to contending than OKC, um, but they're young and they're they're rising. All right, second, a uh, third one. Anthony Edwards or Tyrese Halliburton? I just seen him with the Pacers. Who you mm. got? Halliburton has been fantastic. I mean, he's been great. He does everything for that team. But I got to go with Ant Man. I, I, I think <laughs> Anthony Edwards. I mean, <clears throat> to me, he's the guy. He he mm-hmm. is the guy. He has potential to to maybe be the face of the league someday. I okay. think his ceiling. Is probably higher than Halliburton, so mm-hmm. I gotta go Anthony Edwards on this one. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is who he oh man, he is a fantastic player. Um, he understands how to run that point guard position very well. He understands the change of pace, when to shoot, when to pass, how to get his teammates involved, and for him to be so young and to have that IQ this early on is is exciting he can shoot the ball well and then length which helps him a little bit on the defensive side um but anthony edwards i agree with you jay he's exciting yeah he's exciting he's tough he's aggressive um he's not scared of any moment um 
And the Timberwolves are what first, I think, in the West right now. And to me, it's because of Anthony Edwards. Uh, without him, I don't think they are the team that they are right now. Anthony Edwards is a dog. <laughs> and he he's going to continue to be that way. So I'm excited with Anthony Edwards for sure. Um, last one. We have LaMelo Ball or Tyrese Maxey. Who do you have? Mm. It, injuries aside, put injuries aside. So injuries aside, LaMelo mm. Ball and Tyrese Maxey. Right. Man. This is tough. This is tough, Britt. This is a tough one because, wow. I, I, mm. Britt, I think I'm going to go, Matt, well, you said injuries aside. Injuries aside. Let's make it I, fair. I think LaMelo is fantastic. I really mm -hmm. do. Like, I, I think he's a really good player. I know sometimes people look at him a little different because he's a ball mm -hmm. brother because of his dad all but i think when you just look at the basketball i think he's a really good basketball player mm -hmm. um but i i mean maxi has been outstanding like ever since the mm -hmm. sixers have gotten rid of Harden, it's all it almost has unlocked maxi like you're, you're getting to see everything that he can actually do on the basketball right. court and I think he's probably better on the defensive end than LaMelo. So I'm I'm going to give the slight edge to Maxie. But I think they're both great. But I'm going to go Maxie here. Better have gone with Maxie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, LaMelo is fantastic. I think he is. He could potentially be like a box office, kind of like a Kyrie. He would be exciting yeah. to watch, you know, with a lot of his passes um, and things like that. But some with Tyrese Maxie, his hard work, his determination, he could do anything you want him to do on the on the court on the offensive side of the uh side of the ball. He could shoot the ball from three, mid range, um, dive to the basket. Those little floaters constantly. He's quick. He's starting to understand the change of pace. It's like what offensively can he not do? He's gotten his assist numbers are better. Um, and him playing off of Joel Embiid is just amazing. That's something you was expecting for Harden to be able to do. But Maxi was like, no, I'll learn how to play off of you. And they're doing very well because of that. Maxi's shooting like 40 some percent from the uh, free throw, um, from the uh, three point line. You know, I remember when he first came in, they never thought he was going to be able to shoot a three. So for him to make this development is so fast. And that's what's the incredible part is truly exciting. And as a Sixers fans, let's say about time. About time. We've been looking for somebody to be <laughs> Joel Embiid's number two, and we finally found somebody. So, Joel, I think he decides to stay because that was a big question this this, this season. I yeah. think he'll decide to stay. So I'm also going to go with Tyrese Maxey on that one as well. Any final thoughts? <laughs> no, Britt, I, I, think, I think we covered it pretty good. Th those were good, though. Those were tough ones for sure. Absolutely. All right, guys. So we're going to head into break. Before we go into break, again, please, please like, subscribe, and comment. Please share. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we are on every Tuesday at 7 p.m. live right here in action. If you have any thoughts, if you have any uh, questions or concerns, please comment us and we will try to shout you out live. So we're going to head into break. When we come back, Jay takes over for some more fun. You guys are watching The Sideline Speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins right here on Never Had a So Good Sports Media Network. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. 
Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. All right. Welcome back to the Sideline Speaks. Brittany Jones, Jason Collins, and OK Walk tonight, but we should all be back together next week, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Britt, you know we can't uh, get through a, a show without talking about those Cowboys. Now, we did talk about the Eagles earlier. <laughs> we did. So, so I want this conversation to focus more on, on the Cowboys and how they look. Now, Britt, I know every year, you know, people are going to say, oh, Cowboys, do it, do it in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Do it in the playoffs. Same old Cowboys. You're going to get beat in the playoffs. That, that's the story for Cowboy haters. My question to you is, does this Cowboys team feel different this year, Britt? Does it feel like this team might be able to take that next step? Why you got to call them Cowboys haters, though, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> A hater? Is it the hater or is it facts? That's, that's, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, I think it's more facts than hating. Um, this is a hard question. Um, I want to say yes and no. Um, okay. Yes, I mean, they're beating teams that they're supposed to be beating, you know, regardless of the situation. You know, you, you go in, you play the Giants, the Panthers, the Giants again, um, a few other teams I can't think of the schedule was previously, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think technically that was their first win over the entire season against a team that was above 500, although that made Seattle 500. Um, and then their next one was against the Eagles. And I had to give them props for that. Regardless of the dumb, stupid mistakes the Eagles made, the Cowboys came ready to play, and they played well. So um, I guess in that sense, yes, it does feel a little different. Dak has been playing well, been dropping dimes. So I give them that credit. But then a no, because you call it hate, we have to see in the playoffs. Like, we've seen this before. And that, I think that's the, that's the thing. We've seen this before. We've seen in a regular season the Cowboys would dominate. This is not the first time they could potentially win the NFC East. You know, I know they had the tiebreaker somehow right now, and I think it's because of the rest of the games that are left. Um, but if the Eagles somehow managed to win out, now you're back in second. So, I have to see it in the playoffs. Like, I have to see it in the playoffs, you know, and I have to see it consistently in the playoffs. Don't play against the Packers and beat the Packers and think I'm going to give you credit. No, I need you to do it against the playoffs, against a quality opponent. You showed us in the regular season. Um, again, regardless of what that team was going through, it doesn't matter. A win is a win, and they killed that team. Um, and it happens to be my team. Yes, I hate the Cowboys, but I give credit where credit is due. So it's hard for me to say this. Um, but I got to see it. I have to see it when it matters the most. Regular season is to position yourself for playoffs. That's that's what the regular season is for. I got to see it in the playoffs. And I just haven't seen it in the playoffs. And those boneheaded decisions come about when it matters the most. And that's the playoffs to get to a Super Bowl. If I see it two straight games in the playoffs, 
because they're not getting the number one seat. They're not going to get the number one seat in the NFC. That's either going to be um, 49ers or I hope the Eagles, one of the two. Right now it's the 49ers. I I just got to see consistently. They had the talent. They had the talent. Um, I have to see it. And that's what I, I don't know what else to say. That's just yeah. all I can say. Yeah. And I'm with you. I, I don't I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think for me, maybe watching these Cowboys really closely, it, it may feel a little different because I think they have a couple some some things going for them. Right. Like, number one, they can get after the passer. Right. Which, which I mean, that's a good formula to win some football games. If you can put pressure on the other team's mm-hmm. quarterback. That's that's a plus, right? And now I feel like their offensive line is getting healthy. They're starting to run the mm-hmm. football a little bit better, which is great. And then also C.D. Lamb, to me, has emerged as, as one of the better receivers in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like they can do it at a couple of different levels offensively. But you're right, Britt. Like, like the thing that's going to decide this thing is like all those little things that have always hurt the Cowboys. Stupid penalties coaching blunders, mismanaging the clock, like all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things have hurt the Cowboys in the past. The question is like, can they fix those things this time? I feel like Mike McCarthy has been a little bit better this year. Mm -hmm. I think maybe calling plays again has kind of helped him stay in the game a little bit Mm -hmm. more, if that makes sense. So maybe like we'll see in a pressurized situation Late in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, like, are these cowboy mistakes going to come up again or are they going to be able to take care of them? But I feel like talent-wise, you're right. They've got a really good team, but you got to – look, you're going to have to beat some really good teams to get to the Super Bowl. The Eagles and the 49ers are standing in their way, and I think that would be difficult for (laughs) almost any team Mm -hmm. in the NFL. So as good as I think they are, you, you got two really good teams standing in front of them. I'll give the Cowboys this. They got a nice little stretch coming up, right? So um, hopefully we'll see after this game. But, look, I feel like they're going to beat some of these so decent teams, maybe. Uh, I know they got the Bills next, I believe. The Bills are in a desperate situation to make the playoffs, so that's going to be interesting. They just beat the Chiefs, which is a confidence booster. Um, And then they have the Dolphins, I believe. They're also in a fight to (laughs) ensure they make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they will. They're 9-3, I believe. Um, so they have some tough competition coming up, but again, it's, it matters with all that matters is playoffs. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm not trying to be too harsh on my Eagles because what matters is what you do in the playoffs. That's right. What it's looking like right now is I don't see them getting to the NFC championship at all. We might not even get past the first round if we got to uh, play anybody with that defense, uh, and the way the offense been struggling, but again, it matters what you do when it counts the most and the playoffs is where it counts the most. Yeah. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that, Britt. All right. One, one more NFL topic. Um, the mm-hmm. Chicago bears. Look, I, I'm a Justin Fields fan. Like I think mm-hmm. he could be a really good quarterback in the NFL, but with obviously they haven't been good this year. I, I think mm-hmm. they're, I think they've, they've actually won five out of their last nine. So they're five and four, but I think they started 0 and four. So obviously their record's not real good, but they look like they're showing some improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Justin Fields, but there's so much talk with obviously Caleb Williams and these other quarterbacks coming out in the NFL draft and the bears are going to have another high draft pick. 
I guess my question to you, Britt, is should the Bears draft another quarterback or do you think they should stick with Justin Fields? I like Justin Fields too. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, and I think he's shown some of splashes of it this year as well. I just think you got to give him a chance. So give him a better offensive line, get him quality running backs, give him quality players. You had DJ Moore, which I thought was a good uh pickup in the offseason to try to help him. And they've linked a couple of times. Um, but Justin Fields is still a young guy. To me, it was more the coaching staff and the organization. I feel like they never had confidence in him from the day they drafted him. It just, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Um, you know, as soon as you drafted him, all of a sudden we hear, oh, they're looking to trade Justin Fields. Oh, they're not sure about Justin Fields. All oh, this. So why would you think, if you don't have confidence in him, why do you feel like he should play with confidence on the field for your team? Maybe if you change that mindset a little bit, change that thought within that organization, then maybe you can see what Justin Fields is all about, especially if you surround him with quality players. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for that team. If I'm Chicago, you know, and I'm running that organization, I'm keeping Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. He has the ability to run the ball. He has a big arm. Um, you know, he has some accuracy issues, but he's working on it. You could tell that he's been working on it. You know, just maybe get him with the right mentor, get him with the right quarterbacks coach that could really help him develop even further along and give him some players <laughs> and protect yeah. them. Yeah. Now we're talking about something different. And then now you're saying, okay, now you have one of the best young quarterbacks in the game right now. So me, no, don't, don't look somewhere else, but maybe if they continue with this coaching staff, um, maybe Justin Fields should look to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because as much as I like him, I feel like a fresh start might be good for him right. from his side. But if I'm the Bears, I'm with you. Like I, I, I say keep this kid. Use that. Use those high picks, especially because I think they might get Carolina's pick in the draft this year, and Carolina might end up with the first pick. Maybe trade right. out of that. Use it to get some more good players. Because I think if you surround Justin Fields with the right weapons, mm -hmm. an offensive line that can protect him, I think he could be really good. So I'm not sure I would give up on him just yet, but you know how it is in the NFL. The next shiny toy that's coming along, everyone thinks that it's going to be great. I'm not so sure that those college quarterbacks are going to be any better than he is. So yeah, it'll be interesting. If, if Marvin Harrison Jr. decides to come out, and you have the number one overall pick. Whoever wants to trade, because I was already going to want to go and get Caleb Williams. Yep. So trade back, see what you could get to add some draft capital. See if there's another team that wants another quarterback. It might be Drake May out of uh, what? Uh, North USC. Carolina. Yeah. Right. Yeah. North Carolina. If you got to trade back again, but make sure you're in position to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Now you got your two receivers. You got DJ Moore, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. Whew, and then use the other draft capital to get that offensive line fixed. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, for sure. Because DJ Moore and Marvin, oh man, that, that would be a really nice combo. Because they both do different stuff, you know, so that they could they could play off each other really well. So hopefully the Bears are listening, Britt. Maybe, maybe they'll take your advice on that one. They need Let's to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's jump back over to the NBA, Britt. I got one NBA question for you because mm -hmm. 
Zion Williamson, and look, we've we've talked about him before on the show. We've we've taken our little shots at, at Zion from time to time. <laughs> but now he's back kind of front and center in the media, all the usual Shaq, Charles Barkley, Kenny's everybody's talking about Zion's weight. And and you know, Zion came into the season looking like he was in a little better, bit better mm-hmm. shape. But now he looks like he's right back to what he was. Like he looks heavy. He doesn't look fit. I don't know, Britt. Like, should the Pelicans be concerned about Zion, or is this just what he's going to be? Uh, you should always be concerned about a player that doesn't want to <laughs> do the right things um, when necessary. Look, Zion, don't get me wrong. Look, I like my Popeyes too. I like <laughs> <laughs> like pizza and fries and burgers as well. But you get paid to keep your body right. If somebody yeah. pay, paying me millions and millions of dollars, you best believe, uh, chef, we're gonna have avocado salad and what else? Not a problem. <laughs> come on, come on along. <laughs> like that's your number one job. That's all you have to do. And then you get to do it while playing your your favorite while playing basketball as a kid. That's all you dreamed of doing. You're doing that at a pro level, getting paid for what, doing something you love to do. Don't squander it because you want the grease and the fat <laughs> um, because what's going to happen. We've seen this before guys, you know, you have these big time players come out. They don't want to take care of their bodies and their career is over within a certain amount of years. And that could potentially happen. So yes, as a Pel- uh, Pelicans uh, uh, front office representative or employee, I am concerned. We invest in a lot of money in you and you're not wanting, you're not doing what you need to do. Yes. Every so often you'll go out and drop 30 something points. But the majority of stats, you're dropping 12, 13, or you can't finish the game because you're tired, or you can't finish the game because you just got injured due to not taking care of your body. What is your goal? And it's a lot of, it's, it just feels like this is a lot of young players. Zion, Ben Simmons, I go on and on and on. Yeah. Are y'all coming to the league because you want to win a championship and you love the game? Or are you coming to the league because you see millions of dollars? Yeah. Like, and let's be real. If, that, if it's the second one, just say that, you know, I, I respect you. Now you might get a lot of criticism from a lot of other people, but at least we know what the deal is and then right. I can handle it accordingly. So allow that, give the team uh, um, that opportunity to handle things accordingly, but they may have to look to trade him. If they can't figure this out, he might have to get traded somewhere else. And maybe that trade will maybe click off in the light bulb, but it's not football. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Chris Carter got traded from the Eagles to Minnesota. A light bulb said, hello, I got to get my stuff together. He got guaranteed contracts. So I don't know if he'll <laughs> ever get that moment. So, yes, I do think it's something to be concerned about because who knows how long he'll last, This how, yeah. how, how long his career will last. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent. They need to be concerned. And yeah, I mean, obviously the weight is, is a big issue. The food is a big issue, but it's also like a maturity thing. Like even right. when I see him doing his interviews and just some of the things that he's saying, he just seems like he doesn't get it. And I know mm-hmm. he's still young. I, like, I don't know how old Zion is right now, but obviously he's still in his early to mid 20s. So he's still mm-hmm. really young, but I feel like he he needs to grow up a little bit. Um, and just be a little bit more mature. But Rick, let me ask you this. This might be a hard question, but like if we were going to fast forward like five years down the road, like what do you think the story of Zion Williamson is going to be? Like, is this going to be a, 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 a wasted potential 
like out of the NBA, or is this going to be a guy that found his way and is, you know, a really good NBA player? Like, where do you see it if we could fast forward down the road a little bit? It depends on attitude, I think. Uh, right now, his attitude is showing, like you said earlier, we thought that he was, he came in the offseason looking pretty decent shape. Yeah. Um, and then somehow, some way, he basically gained the weight right back. So, to me, right now, if it's based off his current attitude, I can see him being Andrew Bynum. Where's Andrew Bynum? Yeah, yeah. Andrew Bynum decided he didn't want to take care of his body. Andrew Bynum decided his attitude was the right at type of attitude. Um, now the Sixers suffered, unfortunately. <laughs> but where is he? And he's a forgotten per Like, nobody even talks about Andrew Bynum anymore. At least he has a ring. Zion doesn't even have a ring. And if he doesn't... It's, it's, I get frustrated because he has so much talent. Yep. Like he should be the face of this league right now. His size, his athletic ability, he could shoot a little bit, he could defend. Um, to me, he should definitely be the face, but he's squandering that because of this attitude of I want to eat what I want, I want to do what I want. And if he continues that path, the NBA is starting to change. They're starting to have attitudes of we don't have time for this anymore. So yeah. we paid you your first contract you out of here. And I could see that happen if his attitude doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the point you made earlier too, like, I'm not sure he, he loves basketball, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he might love all the things that come with it, the fame, the money, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know that he really actually loves being in the NBA playing mm -hmm. basketball, you know? Right. So if, if I had to choose, I, if like, if I had to choose one, like this guy's going to be great, or he might be out of the league, similar mm -hmm. to an Andrew Bynum. I, I would probably go with he might be out of the league because if he doesn't right. get his body in shape, there's just no way he's going to be able to stay healthy. So mm -hmm. it'll be something we got to keep our eye on, Britt. But, man, I, I thought he would have figured it out by now for sure. Um, all right, Britt. Wow. that I didn't have a lot of topics tonight, Britt. Um, do you have a rant at all tonight or – I do. Go? Okay. All right. This has well, been a long, long time without me saying the rant. <laughs> I got a rant. Tell me when to start. I start now. Yeah, Britt, take the floor. Is your oh, let me let me kind of just let me kind of introduce it. Britt, Britt's chomping at the bit, ladies and gentlemen. Every week we like to do a rant where you get one minute just to say whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart. It could be positive, negative, whatever you want to say. You get one minute. All right, Britt, the floor is yours. Take it away. Boy, do I miss it. I don't know if my words are going to come out right, to be honest <laughs> with you. But this is for all those people. I don't care what the Eagles are going through. I don't care what any young player is going through. But the hate on Jalen Hurts has to stop. It is so unnecessary. He's a young, talented quarterback who's only been in the league for four years. Three of those years, he was a starter. And for him to accomplish what he has, being the second-round pick, all the doubts he had coming out of college, Went to the Super Bowl. Stop it. I see people, you know, talking about, I hate this guy because he does everything so perfect. You sound <laughs> stupid as heck. Like, what is that? Hold up. What? So what you want to look, you want to, you, you prefer for him to do what John Morant is doing? Right. You want him to be another statistic? Especially, and I'm coming at our community, Jay. I'm sorry. Especially the African-American community. He's a young black kid doing things the right way. That's what you want. That's who you should want your kids to look up to. That's who I want my kids to look up to. Yeah, things may not always go right on the field, but he's smart. 
He stays out of trouble. He works hard. He's a family guy, spiritual, whatever else. He's doing things the right way. Stop criticizing this young man and hating this young man because he's trying to do positive things in this world and shine his light. If you got a problem with why don't you go crawl up under a rock somewhere? <laughs> all right. But Jalen Hurts, keep doing what you're doing. That goes the same for him. That goes the same for Dak Prescott. Although you're a Cowboys, I just don't like the <laughs> team. But Dak Prescott, I ain't got a problem with you. <laughs> and any other young, really young quarterback, but really any other young uh, uh, African-American player, please, let's support these young players and help lift them. Stop trying to knock them down. That's my rant. Yeah, Brent, I, I agree with you. Like, how can you hate on Jalen Hurts? Like, this is a guy that carries himself exactly how you would want somebody to carry right. himself. So, yeah, I, I don't get it, Brent. But you know, some people, man, they're never happy. It doesn't <laughs> matter. This guy had his team in the Super Bowl uh, less than a year ago, <laughs> and people just, it doesn't matter. They are not happy. I got a short little rant, Britt, but I got to I got to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like we talked about it a little bit earlier, but mm. the way you you guys conducted yourself after that game on Sunday that was embarrassing. Patrick Mahomes, that was embarrassing. We love you. We know you're a great player, but that was so out of character. That that was awful. Mm. Andy Reid, another guy who carries himself well, everybody admires and respects across the league. Even some of the stuff he said in the interviews, I thought that was embarrassing. You lost the game. Calls happen all the time, sometime in your favor, sometime they go against you. But the reason you lost was not because of the referees. And on top of all that, Tony lined up offsides. Like it wasn't even like it was a bad call. Now, I know that Mahomes has come out and said now that he's cooled off, you know, he wishes that he hadn't acted that way and all that, which is great. But you got to be better in the moment, Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. I thought that was a really bad look for you guys on Sunday. Absolutely. I, I was looking like, are you serious? And you, you done <laughs> had thousands of calls go your way that probably shouldn't have been called. And you mad because this was a real true offsides? I think Kadarius Tony should have used his football IQ and looked down the line of scrimmage and say, I think I better back up a little bit. But yeah. He didn't do that. So I agree with you, Jay. That yeah. was embarrassing. Yeah. Bad look all the way around. All right, Britt, let's do who's balling. Every week we want to shout out a team, a player, a coach, somebody who's just been absolutely getting it done. I'm going to go first, Britt. I'm going to go women's basketball because I've been all mm -hmm. over the women's college basketball I mean, I got I got like five teams I'm watching, Britt. UCLA is really good. Obviously, yeah. South Carolina, LSU. Connecticut's lost a few, but they're, they're still fun to watch. Uh, so those are kind of the teams that I've got my eye on. But I'm going to shout out Anissa Morrow, Britt, LSU. She transferred from DePaul. She's just been absolutely getting it done. She dropped 27 yesterday. She's just been playing really good basketball, 27 points, 10 rebounds. She says she's a walking double-double, and she does not disappoint. Every single night, she puts up points, she gets rebounds. Anissa Morrow, absolutely balling. I'm so excited for women's college basketball, and that the fact these girls are going to soon go into the WNBA, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Um, for me... 
Look, they're not in the playoff hunt right now. They're right there on the bubble. If one team messes up, they'll be in. But I got to give this whole team props because we didn't have any faith. At least I didn't at the beginning of the season. That's the Broncos, the Denver Broncos. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have been balling lately. <laughs> they have been going on wins. When we doubted Russell Wilson, Russell yes. Wilson said, just give me some time, and I'm going to turn it around. Jerry Judy has stepped up. Um, that defense has stepped up significantly. And I got to get Sean Payton a lot of credit. You know, he was criticizing a lot of teams early on. We was getting on him because his team wasn't winning. But he basically said, wait a minute, just be patient. We're coming around. And if some of these teams that's currently in the playoffs uh, uh, ranking right now, they're not careful at seven and six right now, that Broncos team will slide in. And they might be a pretty scary team, believe it yeah. or not. Um, yeah. Not saying they're the most dangerous team. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying they're the most talented team. But they're going to be the pretty scary, unexpected team um, that could probably win a couple of those games. They already beat the Chiefs and a few other teams. So Denver Broncos have been balling. Yeah, you're, you're right, Britt. All the jokes people were making about Russ at the beginning of the year and all that stuff. Like, man, they've, they've turned it around. And you're right. I agree with you. Like, not not that anyone thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they're that team, like, if you get matched up against them, you're like, oh, man, I don't really want to play the Broncos. So right. you're right. They, they definitely have a chance to make some noise. All right, Britt. It was just a, a two-man show tonight, so we get to get out of here a little bit early. Um, but before we go, let the people know where to find you. If there's anything you're looking forward to this week, talk to us. I know it's been a minute, guys, but I promise all my social media is still the same. <laughs> <laughs> but find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Brittany Monique. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. There's no Y at the end of my name, guys. No Y whatsoever. It's an E and then Monique. Um, but what I'm looking forward to, oh, Lord, I hope these Eagles can turn it around because the Seahawks is no joke. Um, the defense couldn't stop to me. The Cowboys receiving group, although C.D. Lamb is, like you said, a rising star. I don't know how you're going to stop D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and a young kid. Uh, I can't think of his name, but out of Ohio State. Um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I, can't I, can't. Think, I, can't. I can't think of his name right now. But And Geno Smith might be coming back. So, yeah, in the defense, our defense gave up over 500 yards to Sam Howe. So, uh, that's there. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. I'm a little nervous. Um, of course, basketball is on, and then college basketball, women specifically, like we just spoke about, they're really pulling me in more than the men's. I think they're more, way more exciting right now. So that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, I'm with you, Britt. Like, I'll watch the men's stuff like once it gets to the tournament. Like, I, I, I don't want it's <laughs> the, the 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 women's game is just more exciting to me right now. Um, so yeah, I'm all over that. Obviously, looking forward to the the late stretch in the NFL as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. And then, of course, whenever college football starts up again after their three week layoff, and we get into some of these bowl games, that that'll be fun too. But yeah, this is a good time of the year for sports, ladies and gentlemen. You guys can find me at Jason Talk Sports on all uh, social media platforms. Do us a favors, guys. Like this, share it, comment. It, it's been a, it's been a slow burn, but we're we're going to get this show where we want it to be, ladies and gentlemen. So anything you can do to help, we definitely appreciate it. We'll see you guys back here next week at seven p.m. So for Brittany Jones, Kevin Walker, and Jason Collins. 
This has been the Sideline Speaks, and we'll see you next week. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports.